everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Talk to everybody. Who... Once again, welcome to Talk Shoe. Who is on the line? Welcome to Talk Shoe. Welcome to Talk Shoe. Who's on the line with us? Welcome to Talk Shoe. Who's on the line with us?
Welcome to talk to who's on the line with us. Again, welcome to talk to who is on the line with us. Hi, Pastor. I'm here. Well, good afternoon or good evening, lady. And uh, we'll be starting uh, waiting for a couple more people to come on, and we'll be starting shortly. Who else is with us? Miss Esther, 
And okay. We'll give it a couple more minutes and we'll get started, Miss Esther. I'm sorry, Pastor, I had to step away for a minute. What was that? Okay, yeah, we were going to give it a couple more minutes, and we'll begin. I have a wonderful praise report that I want to share with everybody, but I'd like to wait till everybody's on the on the line. Okay, you know what I'm doing. Is I'm I'm going to text a couple one more location to get started. Come whether it's there or not. So give me a minute.
All right, so let us now get started, and Ms. Esther, I don't know who all is with us, but I'd like to hear your praise report. Well, um, it kind of, uh, I have a co-worker at work, and um, she was diagnosed with uh, with cancer, and, you know, she, I'm going to sit there and say very accurately she was a heavy smoker. And I, I could tell that when she got diagnosed with, uh, with the cancer, um, she was feeling really, she was feeling really guilty about, you know, her smoking. And I could mm-hmm. tell when she'd go and take her breaks to go out there smoking, it was very, very heavy on her heart. And so I shared with her something that my favorite minister um, shares in his book. And it's, it's about us keeping conscious of who we are in Christ. And it's something also, Pastor, that you're always really big on, you know, and us keeping our identity in Christ. And so he shares in his book, and he shares over multiple times that I've heard him teach on certain subjects about, you know, when you're in the middle of uh, performing certain things that have become habits, you continue to confess what the Word of God says. And you continue to stay conscious of what it was that Jesus has already done for us. And so I shared that with her after she had told me. I said, I know that it really eats away at you when, you have, when you've been diagnosed with cancer. And it, it's coming from, you know, what the doctors say, the bad report is it's coming from the smoking. And I said, then you have to go out there and, you, you know, the guilt that you feel and the condemnation you feel when you're, you know, when you have the habit of, of smoking. And I said, so why don't you go ahead and try this? I said, and I just began to minister the gospel to her. And I said, and when you're out there, why don't you just keep on, instead of thinking about the guilt and feeling all the condemnation as you're sitting there doing what it is that you have got to do, confess that you're the righteousness of, of, um, of God in Christ. And continue to confess and continue to confess that. Well, a couple of weeks went by, and today... Um, she has to go in for some testing. She has to go in for, um, and then they detected another kind of cancer there present. So she's basically, they're saying that the one that she's supposed to have surgery for is stage four. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, she continues to come to work, and she's not experiencing any kind of pain. Um, and you can just see the grace of God that's all over her, but you can still see the struggle. Well, today she's telling me um, that she hadn't smoked for four days. She says she has no desire to smoke. She says that it doesn't even bother her when she's around other people that are heavy smokers. Uh-huh. And I just told her, I said, you know that you just experienced a miracle, right? In spite of all the other signs that are there with everything else that's going on, the desire to smoke has left her. Yeah. And I thought, my gosh, that is such a fabulous praise report. Yes, it is. Glory to God. This is the the first miracle of 2016 that I personally have been involved with. And so miracles miracles are happening. Amen. Amen and amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. And you know what? Thank you, Jesus. I'm expecting even more. I'm wanting. I'm expecting the doctor to turn around and say, "There's nothing left." Exactly. So, um, yeah, that was the way that uh, it's been. A few days coming up to that, we've had so much stuff going on at work. Um, 
Uh-huh. A lot of circumstances beyond our control and just typical stuff that, you know, can become so frustrating. Yeah. And uh, so, I, you know, I can see how it was all leading up to this, and I can see why such the heavy resistance going on, even at work. And so I'm just very, very grateful and, um, you know, just had an awesome time on the way home from work today, even though, like, I, I never look forward to the hour drive home. But this yeah, time it was yeah. just consumed in praise and worship and, you know, just gratefulness to be able to be a part of something like this. Amen. That's exciting. That is really exciting. Glory to God. Glory to God. I, you know what? Amen and amen. And like I said, I'm expecting yeah. to hear the rest of the miracle. Glory to God. So, praise the Lord. Has anybody else well, joined us? I don't know. I don't hear anybody yet. So far, it's just you. Who's on? Mark. Hey, how are you today? I'm doing well. How'd the rest of your day go? Good. <laughs> How's everything? I'm hearing I'm hearing just one word answers and that's not usual like you. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's awesome. <laughs> Ooh, Gwen. Is there a little bit of sarcasm there? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Well, I'll tell you what, we got we got Rigby visiting us today, and uh, hey, I guess Manny and, Ju- Manny and Julianne are practicing leaving someone here to be babysat. <laughs> so, matter of fact, that little turkey stayed outside when I was helping Larissa take something out. Um, but anyway, anybody have anything else? Uh, any any praise report? Something praiseworthy? I do. All right. Who I went to I? the doctor today. Um, I went to the doctor today, and the report came back awesome. And it <clears throat> it went against everything that I'm supposed to be. So <laughs> I had a great report. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Who's on the line? Larissa. That's Larissa. Oh, hi, honey. I'm so sorry. I didn't recognize your voice. I was like, is that you, Bambina? And I'm like, no, that's not her. Who is this? <laughs> oh, you I'm driving in the car, so I sound Well, all right. Anybody else have any phrase reports? God doing good things in your life. I was at the doctor today, too. <laughs> I'll go ahead and I'll give another one. Um, and so, so far, um, the dark spots that that seem to be getting darker and darker, turns out that all they were was just moles. I, I have, a, I guess, a skin that um, that's just prone to moles. Right on. Wow. Thank the Lord that they continued to keep me well, and so they drew blood, and, you know, it was supposed to be the start of a physical, but I'm expecting expecting a good report 
like I had last year and like I want to continue to have. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. That is an awesome report, too. Well, all right. How about you, Mark? Anything good happening in the, the Mark Kingdom? Um. Mm. Uh. <laughs> Need to get saved? Oh, nothing. So my dad, he came home with these really awesome drinks. They're called Cookie Monsters. Originally, we would the first time we got them. I forgot where it was, but I, well, no, I know where it was, but I forgot who it was with. But we got them by the, what is it, the Cedars, the Kelly's Coffee or something like that, or Kikorian. There's a little store there, and they had this thing called Cookie Monsters. Really good drink. I recommend if you guys find it anywhere, you should try it. Tiny calories, not going to lie, but it's really, really good. So, And my dad came home with it. He, he got one for me and Elisa and Seth. So, I'm really happy, and it's really good. So, your dad blessed you. All right. So, your daddy blessed you. Good stuff. With cookie monsters, no less. All right. Okay, anybody else? All right. Well, let's get into the meat of the subject. Why don't we turn to the book of Genesis? Chapter 1, actually chapter 2, verse 15. I'm sorry, Pastor, can you please repeat the book you cut out? Genesis, If you're there, say amen. If you're driving, just listen. <clears throat> we're going to be talking on, uh, we're going to get a subject on how to know the will of God. And uh, in, the, in this subject, we're going to cover the steps to getting you to understanding what the will of God is. And the will of God always starts out with one item first. And so we understand, because we've been in Genesis 127 for quite a few weeks, and we understand that God blessed the people, he empowered them. I like this definition. And and I want you, I want you to listen carefully, because God... Gave us this, uh, watch, the blessing empowers for us to basically take control of our life and make decisions. But when in the, but in the, when sin came, that was taken away from us. But now with grace, grace empowers, empower, grace empowers you to access the blessing in order to take control of your life and change it because what he does is that when he saves us he sets us free amen amen 
once he sets us free, we are no longer bound, but now we are free. <coughs> now, the Bible says that you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. A lot of people always say, set us free. No, it makes us free. So you have been created in the new life, in the born-again place. We have been created and made free. There is no longer anything except our decision to put us back in bondage. That's why I like Paul and Romans and Colossians. It tells us not to go back to that bondage. In other words, don't set yourself back to that which you were set free from. How many are with me so far? I'm with you, Pastor. Also, in the book of Hebrews, it tells us not to let those things slip. Right. And that word slip means to drift away. It means that you are no longer in charge of your destiny. You left. You cannot float. And so you're absolutely right, Ms. Esther. And so are you catching this, Mr. Mark? Are you catching this part, Mark or Larissa? I am. All right, now watch this. This is important. So here, he did that in the garden. Say garden. Let me put... I got my guard animals here doing stuff. Now, watch this, Cox audience. He had... He took Adam, took the man, it says, and put him in the garden. Everyone say garden. Garden. Garden? Okay, garden. Garden. Garden means an enclosure. It's a, a figuratively, the word means a bride. It can also mean a garden of plants. The Garden of Eden is it was an enclosure. It was the 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 the, the, the meaning for garden was some place that was defended, surrounded, and covered. It was, it was protected. Now, are you with me with this right now? I am, Pastor. Okay, now, so the garden was a place that was enclosed. It was a safe place. It was full of plants. It was beautiful. There are so many descriptions of the Garden of Eden. But it was in a place in which there was protection, in which there was uh, covering, in which there was beauty. So I want you to understand that the garden was a good place. Amen? And he said, now that word Eden, I want you to understand, means what the the direct meaning means pleasure. But it was a a pleasure. (laughs) I mean, it was the a pleasurable habitat created for man. I believe it said that um, the Garden of Eden was also a position in God's pleasure. Yes. It also denotes a direct access, uh, a place of having 
heaven, the reality of heaven is on earth. The, his, his, his love, his dainty delight, his finest creation, a delight and a pleasure in him. Isn't that good? That's excellent. So the Garden of Eden. Now watch what he gave him. He said, he gave it to him and said, in this garden, you maintain it. You serve. Who? As subjects, whoever comes in to serve God. To be tilled, to maintain. Now, that's what it means to dress it. He said to dress it, to lead it. To work it. Now, as a worshiper, it's your place of worship, it's your place of maintenance, it's your place to build. Wow. Isn't that great? It's not it's yeah. not a place where you have to keep the weeds out because they're already enclosed. You're already in the center of God's pleasure. He's made it a fancy, dainty see based this is these descriptions are based upon what you want from the garden. Because some people say, Man, it is cool. Some people say it's dainty. Some people say, man, there's pleasure unknown in this place. Now watch what he said. And he said that you are to keep it. So not only are you to dress it, you're to keep it. Now that word keep means to guard and preserve. It means to celebrate. It means to guard and beware. And to keep yourself always attentive. Preserve it. Now, I, this is a side note. Did you ever wonder why Adam received the brunt of the blame? Because he was told to guard it and to keep it. When that snake showed up and started talking to Eve, Adam had his guard down. So then he blamed the woman rather than taking responsibility. Well, you know what I I this thing got in here, started talking about why before I even realized it. So that's a lesson to hear there. That's a different sermon. But right now, I want you to understand what the garden is. Are you with me now? Yeah. 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 I want us to look at the secondary thing. Now, how many of these? You know that the Bible says, watch this. Did you know that the first family was born in Eden? Correct? The first family was born in Eden. Now, is this, is this thing, uh, am I losing you guys right now? No. No, you're good. Okay. All right, yeah, sometimes i got to realize, sometimes I, I'm talking and, and this thing starts to distort. Now, the first family was, was created in Eden. God spoke to that first family and said, I want you to take what we have here and take it all around the world. He gave them a commission to spread the glory of God throughout the world. From there, they were to go ahead and influence the entire planet. Now, let's go on our Bible to Let's go to Mark. Uh, 
let's see, Lynn John, Pastor, you're sounding like you're really like distant, not garbled, but just real distant. All right, how about now? How about now? That's better. All right. I'm sorry, wait, can you please repeat the verse? Luke, Luke, what? 1319. <clears throat> okay. Now, we see this word again in Luke 1319. And it says, it is, it's talking about the kingdom of God. And he said, where is, uh, then he said, Unto what is the kingdom of God like? And whereunto shall I resemble it? And he said, It is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and cast into the, his garden. And it grew, and it waxed great. It waxed a, a great tree, and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches thereof. Now, One of the things that it brings out here, I want you to understand something here. Let me get out of the King James just for a sec here. He said, it is like a mustard seed that man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the wild birds nested in its branches. Now, I want you to understand, who is it that sows into his own garden, into his own life? Who is it? He said, it's like a mustard seed, the kingdom of God, that a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the sky nested in its branches. Who is it that sows into their own garden? Man. Exactly. Who is it, Mark? The man. Okay, let's make it personal. Who is it that sows into your own garden? Me. Yeah. Right. What what you sow into your garden is what you receive in your life. Because your garden is your safe place. Your garden is your soul. Your garden is your domain. Since you're a king, when you're born again, you've been made a king. So you are the master of your destiny as you walk with God or not. 
Now, your garden can become your place of victory. And I want you to understand this. This is the second part of the garden I'm talking to you about. Let's go to Matthew 25, 36. Y'all there? Say amen when you get there. All right. You ready? Yes. It was last okay. year what? 26.36. Okay, thank you. All right. Now, it says, then comes comes Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane. Now, the place called Gethsemane is a place where they used to test oil. It's an oil place. It's a place where, basically, if I can say this, it's a place where you get squeezed. Okay, you, you understand what I'm saying? It's a place means God oppressed. And, and it means, um, to give you another definition here. So it becomes a place of of where the oil has come out, where the purity comes out. Are you with me? Yes. Okay. Now, the Garden of Gethsemane was near a, a place uh, where it was a place where they had some trees near the river, the Kidron Valley near the river. And they used to take idols and toss them into that place. So the trees that grew there were, grew against all kinds of uh, opposition, and they grew up kind of gnarled and twisted. Now, how many have ever seen a... a, a, a I suffice to see where they, they kind of braid, braid the tree. Has anybody ever seen that? A tree just braided together? Well, that's how these yeah. trees grew because of the, the remnants of the idols that were tossed into the Kidron Valley were they tossed so many that it actually became uh, kind of a small peninsula <coughs> along the river. And so what it did is it said in Gethsemane, Jesus came and he was there to pray. It's an oil press the place at the foot of Mount of Olives beyond the torrent of Kidron. And so, you understand that it's a place of oppression, but I want you to also, I want you to realize what took place here. Because Jesus came to that place to die, to die to his will and submit to the will of God. So, we saw two gardens. We saw one garden that was beautiful, that was covered, that was surrounded, Man was supposed to take care of it, was supposed to be observant over it. How many know that we're supposed to be observant over our own lives, right? But anyway, it says at the time Jesus going with them to a spot, literally a freehold, uh, it it says it could not be bought or sold. 
And he told the disciples, sit down here. I'm going off to this little place I can pray. Then he took Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to progressively in despair and pain and deeply troubled and dejected. He began to pray. And verse 38 says, My soul continues to be surrounded by pain and is lived and comforted by sorrow and grief to the point of death. You may remain here and continue being awake and watchful with me. Verse 39. And so he went a little further. He fell on his face, continuously praying. And he kept repeatedly saying, My father, if it is possible, since there is power, if it was able, let this cup pass away. In other words, let it go to the side from me. Nevertheless, more than this, let it be, it is, not as I continue willing or wanting or intending, but to the contrary, as you will and as you intend. Then he came to the disciples, finding them fast asleep. He says, you folks have no strength to stay awake and watch for me one hour. He says, you folks awake and keep on watching and praying. He said, on the one hand, the spirit is eager, but on the other hand, the flesh is is without strength. So he went off and prayed again, and he prayed the same thing. Your will and purpose be birthed and come to me. Now, it's very important that when he said this, your will and purpose be birthed and come to me. Everyone, I want you all to say, before his will, before his will, can come to pass in me. me. Oh, no, you're saying. Before his will can come to pass in me. Before his will can come to pass in me. It needs to be birthed. Now, what we don't understand sometimes is a lot of say, okay, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, your will be done. But no, here's what has to happen. In this garden, so far we're at the second garden, aren't we? The second garden, the first garden was lost. Before you can come to another place, watch this. We need to have that place in our Gethsemane moment, in that garden, where we finally let go of our will and let his purpose be birthed and come to be. Now, he was talking. I'm going to skip forward. There's another aspect of this one where he finally said yes to Jesus, said yes to his father. And the Bible says that the angel came and strengthened him. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there for a minute and I wanna talk about this. Because I'm gonna talk soon about the third garden, which is the garden, the, the, the tomb that was in the garden. How many know that when Jesus was buried, he was buried in a tomb that, was, that happened to be in a garden? And then, 
out of that tomb, out of that garden, he sprouted. Oh, excuse me. He resurrected to newness of life. And in this newness of life, he became everything that the will of God purposed for him, which was to be at his right hand, the Savior of the world, back to his former estate, more powerful than before. Why more powerful? Because he had a body on earth carrying out his, his, his will and his desire. However, the road that we must pass through is that we lost our estate. We come to this place now where we're in the Garden of Gethsemane because, see, we all have desires, all have wants, all want to do things in life, and those are all great and important things. But our entire life needs to pass through this Garden of Gethsemane. Not because God doesn't want you to have the things that you want, but because in order to bear the fruit that God wants you to bear as a king, as a, as a priest, as a winner, and not a loser, as a victor and not a victim, as one who's above only and not beneath, one who's blessed in the country, blessed in the city, blessed wherever they go, we must pass through this place, which, which is what the hardest thing to do for the flesh is to lay your life down and, and truthfully in your heart. Because, see, make no mistake, when you are laying down your life for real, not just for the sake of, I'll say, okay, God, I'll, let me do this and I'll struggle through it. Because, see, the grace of God empowers you to walk in the blessing. It also teaches you to say no to ungodliness, and it empowers you to succeed in everything that God has for you. The access to that is by faith. But we need to come to a place where we say, God, there are so many things on my agenda, but I lay my agenda down for you. There are so many things going on in my life, but I lay down my life for you right now. And I pick up your mantle, I pick up your will, your desire, your purpose for my life. See, you may know what your purpose is. You may know what you want to be as you graduate the, you know, high school and college. You may know what you want to be even now and even are aiming for it. But you need to lay down that desire and pass it through the Garden of Gethsemane so that it can come up through the garden tomb, resurrected, redeemed, empowered, and ready to go influence this world with that which God has given you, with all your AGTs. We're living in a time... Now, let's see, watch. Watch this, watch this. Did you know that now in your garden, the Bible says that where two or more are gathered, he's in your midst. You don't need a whole bunch. Where two or more are gathered, there he is. You and he are a majority. With the Father God on your side, who can lose? The Bible says if God be for you, who can be against you? Now, let me ask a direct question. Some of us, our flesh is so strong that quite frankly, we don't desire God to be with us everywhere we go. How many know that that's the truth? Yep. yep. Amen. That is our Gethsemane. That's where we have to say, I recognize that in my life, and God, with great pain, 
the same way that Jesus laid down his life. Now, you can sit there and say, wow, man, Jesus without sin had such a hard time laying his flesh down. Yes, because he's human. There isn't anyone who has become anything in Christ who has not gone through that garden in order to get back to the garden that God gave us in in, uh, Genesis. Because, see, once you pass through that garden, now you have the garden of Eden, which is heaven on earth right now. Now, let me ask you, how many here, after I described the Garden of Eden, would rather have Eden in your life right now than to, to be living in the Garden of Gethsemane? I'm going to lay down one thing right now. There are many of us right now still living in the Garden of Gethsemane because every day you pray, God, forgive me. Your will be done in my life. Lord, I want you to be to rule my life. I want you. Because you know what? In your heart of hearts, you want everything Jesus wants for you, don't you? Let me hear all of you. In your heart of hearts, the will of God in your life. Amen? Yes. Yes. And so th- there's many of us that are living in the Gethsemane as a permanent resident because every day you're saying, God, I want you. I need you, God. Instead of walking with him. And so tonight, you know, and as we're getting ready here towards the end of this message, I want you to understand that this isn't a place to feel guilty, but it's a place of reality. Because God does look at your life as a garden from which things grow. Everything that comes into you, through the eye gate, the ear gate, through the mouth gate, through the senses, all of these things are seeds that come into you, and they grow in the garden of your heart. That's not just a nice way of saying, oh, it's just so sweet, he called my heart a garden. It really is a garden. And even the kingdom is likened unto a garden where he says that the wheat is sown, and then the tares come because they didn't take care of it. In our own heart, things that we fill ourselves up with, they grow, up, they grow weeds rather than the good things God wants. This is why grace empowers you to make choices in your life for God, for the good seed, or for bad seeds, to bring up a good harvest and to bring up a harvest of stuff we don't really want in our life. Grace is our fertilizer. What's that? Grace is like our fertilizer. Yeah, it is. Grace is the fertilizer, and it'll it'll allow good things and weeds to grow. <clears throat> That's why I said that the man is given charge over what he sows or what he plants in his life. That's why there's a lot of believers out there saying, God, take this away from me. God, take this away. He said, no, I already empowered you with the blessing and I empowered you with grace to make decisions that affect your life. Now, I want to say something here. Does God forgive sin? Yes. Does God also take away many times some of the consequence for sin? Yes. Now, I said some because there's some things like if you're 
If you're speeding on the highway, you get popped by a cop, God will forgive you for breaking the law, and you stand in forgiveness, but the laws of man also have recompense. And the laws of man means you get a, a fat ticket. And can I tell you something? Sometimes you'll get favor and the guy will let you go. But that is not a rule as much as it is an exception. That's the miracle, so, <laughs> Yeah, yep. Amen. <laughs> <coughs> That's true. That's miracle, girl. <laughs> now, I will tell you this, that the, that the more of his seed that you have in your garden, the more miracle grow is available for you to allow the good things in life to come about. Now, I'm going to be off for a second while I switch my Bluetooth. Pardon me? I'm going to be off for a second while I switch out my Bluetooth. No problem. Now, let me hear some commentary right now. What do you What do you think? Anything to add? Any questions? All right, Mark. Do you have anything to add or to say on this? No, everything was well said. Now, well said. What did it What did it do? Did it make you think? And if it made you think, what are you thinking? It made me think about like, because what racked in my mind was, you know, how did I get through like all like the hard times, you know? And now I know, you know, it was fertilizer that helped me through it, and obviously family that helped me through it and stuff. But you know, that's one of the major things that helped me through, you know. And like you said, mm-hmm. how garden is a safe place. There, there's nothing that can go wrong there. That is true because it's a covering. you got to stay in the covering. Now let me ask a question. How about the exercising of God's will in your life? Are you still wrestling with that? Pastor Wade, I can't hear you. There's like something... It, Sounds like something's like scratching, like really bad. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I hear it up here too. Um, Is it me? Oh, maybe. Does it sound like you're looking at the washing machine? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Okay, let me let me see if I can dangerously put myself on mute. Okay. All right. How how's that? It's it's better. All right. Now, how about you, Mark? Are you at that place now where you're finished? Where you see Jesus wrestled in that garden where he was pressed, and the oil came out, which was the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what it represents. Now, in that area, are you at that place right now? You don't have to go into detail. Are you at that place right now where you're finished wrestling, where it's God's will, not yours? Yeah. So right now you're walking in the perfect will of God. Yes. What's that? <laughs> yes. Okay, so at school and at your place, you're walking in the prophetic and you're leading people to Jesus and you're doing what God, you're being Jesus in your campus, right? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually doing my best. Like, a friend of mine um, has actually brought up just religious and stuff like that. He's asking, like, hey, what do you believe in? His name's, his name's actually Tuan. He's a really cool friend of mine. I've known him since for two years now. Um, he's, I can tell that the Holy Spirit's been pushing him, but he doesn't know what it is. Like, it, he's, he doesn't want to believe it because, you know, it's, it's kind of like a mental block. And I talked to Rissa about it, and I said, I can't, you know, I can't get it to, I can't send the message directly to him. She said, keep him in prayer, and even if you don't, as long as you plant a seed, that's okay. Because someone else will come and help him, you know? Oh, he's, uh, he's uh, that guy you told me about to keep in prayer as well, right? So that, uh, yeah. that doesn't, that's been asking a lot of questions? Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well, at some point, I think even before you you leave that school, I think God's going to have you put in the sickle and bring them in to the to the kingdom. Now, let's go. Let's continue. Uh, <clears throat> and is Annalisa on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Annalisa, what about the things that we talked about, uh, the the garden and, and coming through Gethsemane? What do you think of what we talked about? Um, I thought it was really good. I hadn't really looked at it in, like, that kind of perspective. And I was thinking about, like, the questions that you're telling Mark, like, are you walking, like, with God throughout the day? And are you constantly giving, like, prophetic words and stuff? And I was like, I don't think I am. Like, I'm going, I'm kind of just going through the motions. Like, I'm talking to the Lord, but nothing, I don't think anything really about me is saying, like, yeah, she's a Christian. And I actually, um, I actually have to write a paper right now talking about, like, I guess, I guess, like, my life. Because we're doing a thing for the last lecture, and this one is called Roots and Family, this chapter. And I, I think I like the essay but it shows me it tells I talk a lot about it with God and with you and how um you just taught me through some things along with like Tim and Larissa and like uh-huh. I, I think I just have like a moment when can you hear me yes I can hear you okay uh and I think I just had like a moment where I was like I don't know, like, something needs to change. And I know that Rich has been talking to me about this, and she's been constantly reminding me and telling me things and everything to benefit me and only help me, but I, I feel like I'm really trying to. Well, did you read the, did you, were you with me at that place where Jesus had to get with God? And he was crying out to him, God, if there's another way, but not my way, but let it be your way in me. And when we give up our way, then his desire, you know what, is birthed in you. See, it's not birthed in you until you turn around and say, God, okay, because you know what? The mission that God has us on is to invade this world. So it's not that he just wants you to serve in church. He wants you to serve him and get built up in church, but he wants you to go out. Now, in this, Jesus had to wrestle and allow the remainder of the mission that he was on to be birthed in his heart 
so that it can come to pass in his life. And that's the part he was going like, I don't know, man. If there's another way to do it, let's do it. But if not, I, I want your way. And so his flesh was speaking. His inner man was talking. And he was going back and forth. And he finally said, your will be done. The Bible says an angel strengthened him. And the rest of the mission that he would be on was birthed, which is when he was, be, when he was put before kings. He was put before thieves, you know, where he eventually just died, buried, and then rose again. And, uh, you know, I think that's where you have to be. I know you've been talking to Ritz and stuff, but I think you have to get into that secret place with God and just say, God, I don't know what I'm trying to hold on to. I don't know what I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to hold on to. But inside, I really want to do what you want me to do. And so, you know, you get with God and you say, I, I lay this stuff down, and you stay there till you mean it. I lay my life down, Jesus. And I want your will to be done in my life. Notice it says his will to be done. It doesn't mean that your life comes back when you, don't, you no longer desire to get A's in school, you no longer desire, you know what I mean? Your, your desires are, are God-given, but your desires are now brought through to a place of resurrection life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And so it is good that you get counsel. But now beside the counsel, it's time to get with God and allow him <clears throat> to prioritize your desires, your wants, and lay everything before God. You lay That's what the council has been saying. What's that? That's what the council has been saying. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so, anyway, anybody else have anything else as we get ready to go because we're already off the line? I have something that's completely off topic that I want to just give glory to God about. Go ahead. As soon as I got on the call, I was um, barely leaving, and I'm already on the 91 a couple miles from the exit. Wow. That's awesome. I, I, I brought mom's anointing with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think you, I think I was one factor six, man. <laughs> wow. Well, good. Well, anybody else? Professor, you have anything else? All right, well, listen. All right, well, listen, everyone. Thank you for coming on tonight. Listen, if you like this topic, I can take it into a lot of detail this Sunday. So bring your friends, your relatives, your uncles, your aunts, your enemies, and bring them in. And uh, let's have church this Sunday, get in the presence of God, and uh, let's learn how to stay equipped for life. In the name of Jesus, I may this word that will turn in your hearts, their fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. Father, bless us, oh my, Father, to give them wisdom and understanding in, in what they're to do tomorrow, Lord, to be successful in their grace. Annalisa, Father, the same. Larissa, the same. Tom and, and little D, Father, those that are within earshot of my words, 
Father, may every may, may everything their hand touches prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Love Amen. you guys. Do well, Amen. and we will talk to you soon. Amen. Bye. Good night, everybody.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.